Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's get to the game, shall we? Just before we start, breaking news, and it's official. Craig Bellamy has re-signed for next year. I didn't think he was retiring. Nah. I just, like, I did not. The Storm are too, like, obviously people will look at the Cam Smith situation in regards to he took quite a while to retire. But a coach, you just can't, you can't afford to wait that long and then just go, oh, yeah, retiring. Because your recruitment, everything changes. Whereas... Uh, Cam Smith had the cheese and Harry Grant ready to take over. So he had time to go, you know what, like if I do bounce, like it's in good hands. I think we could be having this same conversation for three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have been. We have yeah. been already having this yeah. conversation. Na- naturally, there was like a lot of media speculation around it, but if he was actually going to retire and like, not saying he wasn't genuinely considering it, but there would have been so much more smoke around of yeah. he's going to go, he's going to go. It was always like, he's not going. And you know what? Even if he was to win a premiership, I think then he would go, I've won two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go again. I, I personally think that he wants to win a premiership with this new lock of, lock yeah. of players. I think that is his goal. Because that would just be... Because the, the one knock, knock, in quotation marks, because he's the one that developed them, so it's like, how could you knock it? He's like, oh, well, look at the spine that you had for that, that long period. If he could go out and do it again with a whole new generation, a whole new... Just amazing. And that's the thing when you're talking about the greatest coaches of all time, the reality is you have to look at what they haven't done mm. to be able to separate them. And I think that's probably the one thing standing in Craig's way at the, at the moment. Yeah, one th- that and obviously other clubs winning premierships. I think yep. that's the, the one thing that Bennett has on a lot of other co- uh, coaches is the success at other clubs. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, is, are we really sitting here saying Bellamy wouldn't have been successful at the club? He did it at Melbourne. In Melbourne, a non-rugby league state. You reckon he couldn't do that at Brisbane? <laughs> Yeah, imagine what he would have attracted at Brisbane or at yeah. the Roosters and players to come there. Yeah, I think he would have had a lot of success at any club that he went to. Uh, Storm defeat the Brizzy Broncos 24-16. I spoke a little, about, a little bit about this on uh, Packer Up Boys on Friday. Um, so I'll let Guru take the floor. What do you think of this game, mate? I, uh, 
I haven't listened to Packer Up Boys. I'm not sure what your takes were on it, to be honest with you. But um, I went into this game wanting to know if the Broncos were flat-track bullies, to mm. be honest with you, if they would compete with, you know, a side that I consider to be a definite top eight side in Melbourne. And um, <clears throat> I know they lost, but I was pretty impressed with Brisbane. Considering Adam Reynolds went down in the 15th minute, uh, for them to hang in this game, I thought they did really well. I thought... Reese Walsh copped a little bit on social media and he had a bit of a mixed bag game. But, mate, I just love how Reese Walsh is always trying to win the game of football. Mm. He's never sitting back. He, if there's, you know, like I thought that one-on-one strip that he went for, like he is, he's just genuinely always trying to win the game of football. Mm. Doesn't all go his way. There was even that moment towards the back end where he tried to scoop the ball up. They knocked on. Like in that moment, Reese Walsh saw the ball on the ground and went, I can go the length here. Mm. Like, I can win this game for my football team here. And I love that about him. Uh, I... I'm pretty happy with the Broncos' performance in this one. All things considered, three sim binnings they had. Two, oh, well, yeah, three, but three. two, really. That two, two, the yeah, the one, yeah. And then Adam Reynolds gone. I thought Brisbane did pretty well in this one. Do you mean? Yeah, I like it. He would probably came out maybe harsh to say, but more more impressed with the Broncos for everything that went against them. And, I mean, things went against the Storm as well in the first half. You, you mentioned Reese Walsh there, and particularly where, where he went for that one, where he tried to go the flyer late on the, and scoop the ball. <clears throat> like that was chasing points with a handful of minutes to go. If the game was tight or it was early in the game, I reckon, you know, he just grabs it and tries to stick tight. <sighs> You'll get to it very shortly, I'm sure, Kempi, but there's just so many different things that impacted this game between mm. sin bins, uh, some controversial calls, the Reynolds injury that I'm like, I don't think we got a true insight to the to either side in this game. I sort of left it going I didn't learn much about them except for Brisbane's resilience mm. because of all things Guru just mentioned I, I, they did impress me yeah it, you're right like my take is it's very hard to take a lot away from this mm. game other than Storm showed resilience in, t- in patches which uh, we all know Storm can do so mm. it's like well that's no surprise yeah. it's a Melbourne Storm but I do think the question heading into this game was what is Broncos resilience like what are they like under the pump under a good against a good side and I think they did really, really well. Lost Reynolds, Sinbin, uh, Herbie Farmworth, Sinbin, Paddy Carrigan. Uh, you know, not two small players. These are two extremely important players. Um, the refing was just, just was not, it just wasn't good enough. It just was not at an NRL standard. You know, the, the Reese Walsh one, although I don't think it should be a shoulder charge, I don't think, I don't know what fullbacks are supposed to do in that situation. It, it has been a shoulder charge for quite a while now. Um, I hope, I hope that this is the standard that we're setting though for the rest of the year where we go, okay, look, when it comes to tuck, cover field tackles, as long as there's no malice and they're not fully tucking their arm, just let them fling their bodies at them and try and stop the try. Um, then obviously the Harry Grant penalty try was just, it was ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. We have to stop. We won't. We have to stop showing these things in slow-mo. Because you show him in slow-mo, you create an illusion of time to think. Harry Grant didn't have any time to think. He was literally just trying to kick that ball out. Meanwhile, Herbie Farmworth was jockeying the ball as well. So it's like, what do you want Harry Grant to do in that situation? Is he supposed to jockey until Herbie Farmworth jumps on the ball and scores? No, he had no option. Now, I'd get it if he came directly from behind, shouldered into his back, or pushed from the side... Wasn't that at all? It was his legs that tripped him over, and him trying to kick the ball. So I thought that was a really bad call, which again showed Storm's resilience. They didn't drop their bundle; they they hung in there. Uh, so 
I am actually more, I guess, you know, that we had the same, I guess, feeling around this, the Broncos for this year. Is like, are they just beating sides that aren't playing that well? I am closer to I genuinely could see them challenging for a premiership than I was the, you know, last week. I'm still not a hundred percent, a hundred percent there yet. I think obviously this week will be a really good telling. Does it? We don't have to go out and beat the Panthers, not we, but the Broncos don't have to go out and beat the Panthers. Uh, but if they show resilience like that again, then I go, yeah, I think I probably think we can make a bit of a run for the finals. And when Cam Munster scored that first try, and like you could see Money and Grant were on, I sort of went, oh, okay, this this will be a huge test for Brisbane. Then Adam Reynolds left the field, and I sort of went, oh, how much can I take from this game now, realistically? But as you said, the way that they hung in, it really impressed me. And mm. I'm the same. I, I knew last week they were a top eight side. But being a top eight side and a premiership contender, mm. there's a gaping hole between those two in this competition. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I agree. They, they've <coughs> pushed closer towards. Like, for me, if they would have beaten a bottom eight team for 40 points to nil, that wouldn't have done what this game's done for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it's a storm at home. They've got terrible record. And Paddy Carrigan doesn't get sent off they may have won the game without Adam Reynolds, yeah. which is crazy to think in this. Now, look, that's very wishful thinking. You know, the Storm could have gone on to still win it. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it feels harsh on Storm, though, because you're like, Storm won the game. You know, and they had some real rough calls. Xavier Coates, no try. Um, that was one of the great tries all year. Gets disallowed. Yeah. We use a video ref for everything. <coughs> and then the one time he just needs to wait Five seconds. Just give it five seconds, then use the video rep. He doesn't. Tw- yeah. 20 minutes into the game, I was sitting there going, far out. Look, Brisbane have been kissed on the pecker in this one. Like, there was the the shoulder, shoulder charge that wasn't given with Walsh. Mm. You always say, Kempi, like, you can understand when the referees get it wrong in real time, but when it goes to video ref, <coughs> and they look at it, look at it, look at it, and still get it wrong. I could be wrong. I don't think there was a word mentioned about shoulder charge when they were reviewing that Reese Walsh in the corner. And just like you, mate, I'm the same. I would love for that to be the norm and that for them to be consistent with that. But every day of the week, that's a shoulder charge in what they've given in the past. Yeah. Uh, so there was that, and then there was the uh, Harry Grant penalty try, and you're thinking, oh. And then out of nowhere, just the script flipped big time around. Yeah. Then the Broncos copped a heap of poor decisions, which goes back to like, how much can you really take from this game in terms of you know making a judgment on either side? Wasn't it wild how you know we we saw the replay of Justin O'Lam charging that ball down or hitting it down, and then you had um, Xavier go the length, and no result came out of that. But when Warbrick scored that try, we went all the way back oh. to make sure that Xavier's toe was offside in that moment from 40 metres to the side. I, I could not believe that one. Yeah. That was, can be you, another one. You always say, hey, they're looking for reasons yeah. not to give a try. That could have been the best example of it I've <laughs> ever seen. It, it was so late they went for the review to find the toe over. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are we doing here? What are we doing? It's just, I don't understand. The officiating should be to facilitate a game of rugby league not dictate a game mm. of rugby league and we i think we have changed from yesteryear where the refs felt like they were there to facilitate play rugby league and i'll just keep you within the lines so you can play rugby league i think nowadays it's genuinely to dictate the game no we want the game played the way we want to so for example if i'm a ref that likes a slower paced game i'm going to blow a million penalties if I'm a ref that likes a free-flowing game, I'm just going to let things go. And it's just like you should not be the centre of attention. I shouldn't be watching rugby league and be constantly looking at the referee going, oh, my God, oh, my God. It should be up to the 
And then some people go, well, if the ref doesn't step in, then teams are going to lie in the ruck or they're going to do this. That used to be the coach's responsibility to identify it and respond and go, they're lying in the ruck, so we'll lie in the ruck. And then, you know, they're doing this, so we'll do this. And, and vice versa. We'll do this tactic, so they'll do this tactic. Whereas now, the refs just completely dictate the game. Like, however the ref wants the game to be played, that's how the game is going to be played. Well, the, the best referee in the game is probably the one that you don't hear anything about, isn't it? Yeah. Why, in origin, do we, like, barely ever complain about refing? Mm. And the game is so free-flowing. We let so much go. And we allow players, you know, the teams to... Diff- like, for example... Game one, like Freddie came out and said, "Oh, you know they were really good at holding down the ruck." So what he, so what they did was they came back game two, and try to combat that. And it, I just, I don't understand how we can get it so right in Origin. Then during Clubland, we just get it so so wrong so many times. Um, it just, like my brother's, he's he watches rugby league every now and then. Not not a like a dedicated diehard fan, but he's like, this is unwatchable. Like I don't even want to watch. The, I was excited about this game. I don't want to watch it anymore. I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, in this game too, like this should have been like, if you have a look at the Dalian leaderboard at the moment, three of the top players are in this game. And it was completely ruined. Just on that too, the Broncos have played 11 games this year. They haven't had a buy yet. That means that throughout their games, there's been 132 <coughs> Dalian points up for grabs. Mm. Walsh and Payne Haas have got 54 of them. That's 40% of the Dalian votes that have been available, those two have got <laughs> in those games. Far out. There's 34 players competing for those points every week, and they've got 40% of them in the first 11 weeks. One of them's a front rower. Front rower. In so incredible. So He's incredible. leading the Dally M points by five. And I, I know the system's obviously changed and whatnot, but Harry Grant's coming second on 25. Payne Haas is on 30. Yeah, it's amazing. It seriously is amazing. What, what, especially what Payne had. Like Reese Walsh, it's, he's having an incredible year. Just such a, an attacking weapon. Uh, but Payne Haas right now, he's just on another level, on another planet. And like the more you think about it, Payne Haas on 30 daily end points, his fullback's stolen a heap of points off him, and he's still leading by a heap. Like if Reese Walsh isn't playing those games, he's probably leading by some crazy margin. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't know what else to say about the referees, guys. That was just not up to NRL stand, in my opinion. Ended up being like, I think it was like 28 penalties, if you include the six against. Oh. It is just... I just feel like this year specifically, and I understand that they're getting all these directives and it's getting harder and harder, the game's getting faster. Well, it was the NRL's decision to make the game faster. So give them the tools to be able to handle it better. You know, they took a ref away to make sure, yeah, anyway, it, just not good enough, just not good enough. I think the refing has not been, you know, we've had seasons where that haven't been that great and we say this this isn't that great of a season because we've got four teams are going to win it and the rest of <laughs> no chance I'd, I'd make an argument that the refing hasn't been great overall this season I, I really think it needs to improve um and i'm not sure how you do that though oh, i've got no idea how you do it but i mean that's the other frustrating thing i think too that well, the on-field refereeing hasn't been great but i think the video referee and all that's been worse oh yeah when i say refing i'm talking video ref and ref. both yeah, yeah. but i like i i just i don't Refereeing on field, I can understand when we get that wrong and when it's not perfect, and I can accept that. But when you send it upstairs and you get to have a look at something X amount of times, I, just, I don't understand how we consistently get it wrong so much. It's mind-blowing. Mm. Yeah. It, it just... <laughs> I want to get angry, but I'm just like, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. yeah. We'll be yelling and ranting and raving for every podcast this for the rest of the year. And it's yeah. like, you don't come here to 
to hear that. You don't come on to, to listen to a bloke to hear us blowing up about the refs every week. But just, I guess, just so we know, so you know, we agree with you. The refs have not been good enough this year, and it's not just this game. We'll touch on it slightly in other games, but some of the calls in the other games, you're just sitting there going, I do not get it. And the inconsistency. Carrigan gets sent for 10. So Broncos essentially, as soon as he gets sent to 10, you go, Broncos have lost a game. Then he doesn't even get charged. Make it make sense. And, and, what, and, and what, do you, what do you say to the Broncos faithful? And take care of the Broncos. We've all, all of us that support teams have had it happen to them. Do you say, oh, sorry about that. Got that one wrong. 10 in the bin, not a penalty, which we all can live with. It's like, all right, a penalty, whatever. 10 in the bin and then doesn't even get charged. I was shocked when the NRL, and you know, I, I agree. I don't think Pat Carrigan should have got 10 in the bin, but I was shocked when the NRL came out and admitted that. I thought they just lie. doubled down. Please lie. Yeah, God's lie. Like, lie for the good of everyone. Give him a fine and, and just like, so you can look, yeah, yeah, we still believe it. But to come out and go, no, nah, it wasn't anything. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. We just lost our main player for 10, 10 minutes. Just craziness. And as I said, we've said before, Kempi, but with these hip drops and all that, all right, just penalise him in the game, and then if you want to suspend him for a few weeks, so be it. Just don't ruin the contest by simbing him every single time it happens. Yeah. If it's bad enough, <coughs> sweet, simbing them. But yeah. for the super minor ones like that, like a joke, he said he wasn't even charged, just do the damage off the field, not in the game. Yeah. I think that for the ones that you can clearly see, like, oh, shit, that's a it bad... bad enough, sure. But Boom, get him off there. But ones where, you know... Anyway, <laughs> um, we'll talk about the Storm. I thought this was a really good win for the Storm. Really important. They did show, you know, they had some howler calls against them. Absolute howlers. If every call... Every, if every 50-50 call went their way, there's a chance they win this game, you know, 30 to 16. And it looks a little bit... Mm. The fact that it was 24-16, I wouldn't say it flatters the Broncos at all because as they also got some really shitty calls. But I do think that, let's say, for example, Xavier Coates, if he gets that try, that's 30. Then if uh, Warbrook's try, mm. it's 36 or 30, let's say 34. Yep. And I, 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 I'm glad for both sides in this fact that, you know, obviously Storm won, but that would have made Broncos look like they got touched up down there when in reality, if you watched the game, you'd know that, no, well, actually it was a really tight contest. So I think it's a really good win for Storm. I think that even though it's a really good win, it's just so hard to take anything away from it because what do you, do you say they can go with a young explosive forward pack? Yeah, for sure. But when Carrigan, uh, Haas and Fleg were all rolling forward, they were struggling to hold, handle them. But then you go, well, who won the match? Um, I thought Christian Welsh was really good. Uh, Harry Grant, um, Munster were fantastic. I thought Holmes had a really good game. So it's just it's a good stepping stone towards becoming a top four side, I think, for the, the Storm. What do you think of the Storm? Yeah, I think Storm were the better side. Um, obviously, had a, had a few things go against them. I, I personally think you summed that up really well, Kemby. I don't know how much to take out. Yeah, it is what it is sort of game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what more to take from it. Two good sides went head-to-head. It was an absolute disaster how it all played out, but two teams that played good footy and are going to feature come September. Yeah, and I, th- I think for Storm fans, I think it would be really relieving to go, oh, okay, like, you know, we're still in this. We're still in this. Whereas I think if they come down and, you know, Broncos do them at home, where something that hasn't happened in how many years, I think Storm fans would be alarmed because, like, then it's like, oh, my God, now we're getting beaten at home by the Broncos, something that, what, it's like 10 years hasn't happened. Um, 
I thought Katoa was good as well. 172 metres, 20 runs, 76 post contact. Um, I think he's growing. Like, he's really growing into his role. Uh, I, do, I do think, though, that they do struggle with a, a very big explosive forward pack through the middle there, which is surprising because you'd look at the Roosters forward pack. Roosters forward pack probably not as mobile, I'd say. The big boys aren't as mobile as, as the Broncos forward pack. So I wonder... It'd be interesting to see how they go against a Penrith Panthers explosive forward pack. Obviously, the Rabbitohs, they struggled again, and the Rug Rabbitohs have got a, quite a laterally good forward pack, even though, like, their big boy, Tom Burgess, he's not coming off the bench. So that's how kind of fast-paced their forward pack is. Um, but, yeah, really, really, really good win, and good to see Munster and Grand and Hughes stand up when they need to. There's a scary moment here where Nass, I thought he was injured. Mm. I sort of thought, I, I, I think you said it via yeah. text, sort of went, oh, no. If he goes, they're in some serious, especially coming into the origin period. But yeah. thankfully, he was all right. It was so he's got, I, I believe, it's rib cartilage. So we know they can play through that and get needled up, and <coughs> it often becomes a pain tolerance <coughs> thing, and it can go at any sort of point. But yeah, around all those reasons you said about the four pack Kempi, if Nas does go, like real danger signs. As long as he's there and playing fifty to fifty five, he can be that impact for them. But they need him. I thought Will Warbrick's really starting to warm to the NRL. It was mm. a bit of a slow start. There was a lot of hype around him, and he, you thought, oh, is he there or not? He's been good the last few weeks. Mm. Just strong, athletic body. He's becoming a really good finisher. So loving what I'm seeing there. And he, you can see that he's kind of getting more confident in when he needs to chime in and when he shouldn't chime mm. in. I think initially. He's probably used to union where the wingers just stay out there and when they're needed, they get called on. Whereas I think he's finding that perfect balance of like, all right, I can come in for a run. It might be mid-set. You're allowed to come in for a run, bro, just yeah. as long as you let everyone know, let the senator so they keep their width. Um, and so Warbrick's going to be really interesting to see because obviously a Kiwi. Yep. If he keeps his form up, he, he may be in conversations for the Kiwi side. And I think also, you know, from watching him in Queensland Cup last year, like when you take him to that level... He just was too big and too yeah, strong. Yeah, too big and too strong. So yeah. he dominated that and sort of was able to do it pretty easy. And I think the transition to first grade um, hasn't been easy for him, but I think now he's starting to find his feet, which is, you know, that's the trans that's how the transition should look. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, he's ahead of schedule because yeah. it's, what, a year he had in reserve grade? Yeah. And he's already impacting games like this, you know, imagine in another two or three years. We always talk about... It takes, it takes a while to... I mean, think about your own job. You, you serve apprenticeships for four years, then you get your ticket, then it takes you another... Think about five years after that, how much more you know, all these little things that you can't explain in a book, no one can teach it to you, you've got to experience them to know what's going on. And I think we're seeing that with Warbrick. Uh, yeah, outside of that, well, I mean, I feel sorry for Xavier, and I said this the other day, you know, for a while now I've, I've been quite... Not negative, because we're not really negative here on Bloke, but just, I guess, concerned about Xavier and whether he would reach his potential at the Storm currently. He hadn't really hit the ground running the way we thought he would at the Storm, and he has had quite a few injuries. Then he goes and does this, like, absolutely phenomenal try. And you go, there's that potential we're talking about. We're talking about a beast of a player, fending blokes, out-sprinting blokes, and he gets it taken from him. And you're just like, oh, poor bloke. He can't, he cannot catch a break. Oh, I know that Billy Slater obviously would have seen that and would have taken note of it regardless. But it felt like one of those moments <laughs> that if that would have been a try and it would have got replayed five and six times, you go, is he back on the radar? Yeah, is he all back? Of a yeah, is he sweet? Is he? And good I know that Slater still saw it, still saw <clears> how it all played out. He was at the game, whatnot. But for me, in that moment, I sort of went, 
God, that's unlucky in so many ways. So Should many be ways. On the highlight reel for the rest of the season won't be cited. Yeah, well, you'll never see it again. Yeah, uh, and it was just, uh, like seriously like semi road rider kind of stuff. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, this is such a hard game because it's like great win from the Storm. <coughs> I, I do think people will need to make sure to show. There's so much focus on the two sin bins from the Broncos that not enough people are focusing on penalty tries, tries disallowed, two tries disallowed for the Storm, and they're not giving Storm enough credit for their resilience. Mm. Even though, as I said, I understand Broncos are a player off. That's three three tries. Like, that's a, so what's that? 16-point turnaround. And they hung in the game and they won it. And they won it convincingly in the end. So I think they deserve wraps for that. Uh, the Broncos, real quick, we've already kind of spoken about it. Uh, Payne Haas, he is just, um, he's an absolutely incredible and obviously he's got some stuff going on personally at the moment so we're sending him our, our best wishes. Um, but he was outstanding on the weekend. Absolutely I said to Matty as we walked in today, I said, as you look at all these Queenslanders at the moment, they're all in career best form doing unbelievable things. I said to Matty, I don't really feel like we've got anyone that's in absolute <laughs> career best form and I completely forgot about Payne. He is without a doubt in career best And he's right yet now. to have his origin stage yeah. happen yet. Like he's played origin, obviously. But I, I even, so kind of ironic, when he came into that first origin, and remember how I think he was smiling on the field or something, and, and, and I, I just, the media got to run a hold of it, and, mm. you know, he wasn't passionate enough. And I, I can understand that. If you look the way he played, he maybe wasn't aggressive enough. I mean, we're forgetting that he was like 19 years old. But... Um, and then he gets in that stink with Tino and you're going, okay, he gets it now. He gets it now. Now, I think that he – there's a very good chance he's player of the series, in my if opinion. If we win, I think he'll be right up there. Because the form that he is in at the – like, he is unstoppable. And with us at the moment, like, we're not going to have a home game until game three. So we're going to have to win one of Adelaide or Suncorp. Mm. And he is the best front rower in the Blues team by a country mile. Best front row in the game by a country mile at the moment. He may honest. never play a bad game in his career. I don't want to put the mocker on the yeah. poor bugger, <laughs> but like just the style of play he has, because he's such a high work rate, he's got a good offload on him, it's just all doing the hard yards. I just can't see him playing a bad game. I know. And he's got such a good attitude on the field. Yeah. Like he just never, ever gives in. And, and also I love how many times do you see genetically gifted athletes they come through the grades and their genetics make it so it's so easy they've got the terrible attitude they get into first grade but because they're so genetically gifted they still manage to make it work he's got the attitude of like shane webke obviously you know i'm not saying that he's as tough as shane webke but when it comes to getting through work he's got that attitude of shane webke but the ability of lazo Make name it. Name your name your best front row ever. Payne has has his ability and maybe more. I I genuinely think he's he's just about the only front row ever that when you see the Broncos and the opposition makes a break and they run for sixty or seventy meters, he's the only front row forward I've ever seen that is consistently back in the line yeah. every single time. And it's something that we don't talk about enough because we're just so used to Payne doing it. But if you took any other front row forward and did that, we would comment on it every single week. every time. Twenty seven runs, two hundred and forty three meters. 75 post-contact, eight tackle breaks, a line break, three offloads, 30 tackles, zero misses, zero errors, 64 minutes, 62 minutes. The thing that excites me a lot about this Origin Series, especially with Payne Haas coming up, is that for me, he's going to be the leader of our, of our 64 minutes. middle forwards. 
and he's going to come up against eight Queensland forwards who are just about in career best form mm. right now, and I cannot wait oh. to watch Payne rip in. As I said, I, I, I think I'm getting close to – I just feel a moment happening for Origin for Haas this year. There's just something in the air where, as you said, eight, eight forwards in the career best form, they're going to be hunting Haas – like, I don't know, for some reason I can see him have this moment where he takes on a few people or something, 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 uh, which breaks me hard as a Queenslander, but he's undeniable. Every team, every team watches the same video and every time he goes out there and tells people, it's incredible. Um, Paddy Carrigan, once again, phenomenal in uh, your 71 minutes, 221 metres. They're just, that, that Broncos like trio and also uh, Tapua and Jensen, like when they get on that roll, they're just unstoppable. They're just un- they're too big, too strong, and too mobile. Um, Hasn't Tapua just been a really <laughs> underrated signing? So underrated, and also, I thought he was going to come and make it about him in regards to like I'm a really good offloader, and but he he does exactly what the team needs every time he gets on the field. Doesn't offload all the time, mm. doesn't step and crab across the field. He just gets quick play of the balls, gets through his work, gets off. Oh, I think he's been – he's probably one of the most underrated signings of the year. And credit to Marty. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't think he was going to be able to play that role. I really didn't. Um, and for him to come in and just fit in and do – Marty just had to do what the Broncos needed him to do and he's absolutely nailed it. So credit to him. Great to see him and also Tommy Flegler over that origin period, two weeks away from when Brisbane will be missing <coughs> Carrigan and House. Yeah. They're two players who are going to have to step up big time for them. Yeah. Not even on those weeks where, where they're off due to origin, but the weeks after origin where they they don't want to have to have Carrigan and Haas back up and play 65 minutes. They want them to play 40 minutes and give them a bit of a rest or in a perfect world, rest them from the game post-origin. Yeah. Like they're sitting well enough on the ladder that maybe they can, but it'll be up to these blokes to step up and fill the void for them. Flegler ran for 121 metres and made 41 tackles He's in so the front row. Big, 66 minutes. 66, like, these, oh, I'm so devastated losing him. And also, if you want an example of when I talked about refs dictating the game rather than, rather than facilitating the game, mm. here is your perfect example. It's the 77th minute. There's a bit of a push and shove. Yes, he did tell them if they push and shove again, someone's going. And he sends them off pretending in the bin. The game was over. No, like, there could be no effect at all. If that isn't a pure... I'm just like, it looks like a power trip. Like what, tell me how, the, it was a little bit of a push and shove. It didn't affect the game and you send them for 10. How does that, like if you did it at the 10 minute mark in the game, I can understand it because you're sending a message of this is the standard that's been set in this game. If you do it again, blah, blah, blah. It's the 77th minute. There is no standard that needs to be set. The game is over. That's craziness. Would you submit it in origin? Absolutely <clears throat> not. It was a little push and shove. Yeah. Like, we're playing rugby league here. We're playing rugby league. And as I said, if you did it in the first 10 minutes, and let's say in the f- five minutes there was a push and shove, and he pulled everyone aside, he said, next one does it goes, and you did 10 minutes, I would have said 100%. Look, I don't agree with it. I don't think you should be sending blokes for pushing and shoving, but the standard was set and he told them. The 77th minute. It means nothing. The game is over and you're sending them off like they're naughty little boys to the corner. <laughs> like it is that, Please can someone explain to me what the benefit of that was? No, I've got nothing to hate. Like <laughs> what? That, that push and shove that got sent for 10. Okay, okay, cool, cool. 12 on 12. You told them 
You told those naughty little boys <laughs> they'll never do it. Like, come on, man. Like, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Jeff Toovey over here. Oh, it's got to be an investigation. <laughs> <laughs> come on. That was nearly word for word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I love that. But, like, Penne getting sent to the bin for that? And then Flegler, like, what? It's just, like, it's the 77th minute. <laughs> Like, if that wasn't an example of you just doing it to do it, I don't know what is. Like, I, but there has to be a reason. When you're refing a game, in my opinion, and look, I'm not a ref, so I have no experience. And I do feel sorry for the refs that, you know, are working their ass off to do the right thing and, and get the right calls. But when refing, there should be a method to what you're doing. Like, why am I doing this? Okay, so why would I send these guys 10 to the bin with three minutes to go for a little push and shove? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, it's not to set a standard. This, the game's over anyway. Oh, man. Before we do move off the Broncos, uh, they've obviously put themselves in a pretty good spot here. Like, they're coming off a disappointing loss. They're second on the ladder. Um, and they're one of the five teams that hasn't had a buy yet. Yeah. Got three buys to come. So, sitting in a good spot, Brisbane. Mate, if they beat the Panthers uh, next weekend, like, I'd still say Panthers are favourites, but all oh, they sit in a good spot there. Where is that? Is that, is is that, that Brizzy? Is in Brizzy? Yeah. I can't wait to see Reese Walsh in this one. Yeah, it is Thursday night. Uh, he yeah. came out so rapid in that game on the weekend. Yeah, he and did. just the second half, like looked like he went quiet as Goose had he copped a little bit of flack. He had very few opportunities in that second half. Like he looked good. I mean he still had he had a try assist, twenty runs, hundred and eighty two metres, six six tackle breaks, a line break, a line break assist, two offloads, four tackles, zero misses. Um and I, I loved the, the braveness that he's showing as well in defence. You know, that's a part of his game that definitely needed improving. Mm. I think he has improved that. I really do. Um, the, the attack, attack, attack. It's like what I said last week. As long as the rest of the team are okay with it and are willing to defend the errors, then sweet. But if the team is telling him, mate, you just got to rein it in a little bit, then I, you know, that's what happens. Um, as Tim just said, you know, Reese Walsh next week, Indigenous round at Suncorp against oh. the defending premiers. How good. Yeah. It does the stage doesn't get much bigger during the year. Um, that's okay.